What's up? Good morning again. So today we're starting this new series called I'll Do It Tomorrow. How many people here have ever said I'll do it tomorrow? Never? And, and you know, and then tomorrow never comes because tomorrow is still always a day away. So when tomorrow gets here, it's today. So you say, well, I said I'll do it tomorrow and it's not tomorrow yet. And, and we all make these excuses all the time. And, and I think... You know, one of the things that we're going to look at through this four-week series is the difficulty for us to make changes in our Christian life. Because Lord knows no one likes changes. No, no one likes to change, and I don't think anyone gets up in the morning and says, today's the day I'm going to change. Now, we may do it for New Year's and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this New Year's resolution, and I'm going to do this, and it lasts for like two, three, maybe four days. And then you kind of go back to who you were. But understand, understand that some things need to change. Think about it. Bell bottoms. Y'all remember them, right? Platform shoes. Silk disco shirts. How about leisure suits? You see, some things just got to go. So, so some things have to change. And, and everything has its time and its season. You know, and, and some seasons need to go and stay gone and never come back. I'm sure there's seasons in each one of our lives that we're like, man, I'm glad that's behind me because I don't ever want to deal with that again. And we enjoy just putting it behind us. And I think as we continue and we look in this series, we're going to see that things do need to change. Now, see, I'm originally from Florida, born and raised down here, so I can tell you I do like summertime because it's summer, you know, 50 out of 52 weeks of the year. But these last couple months have maybe been waiting for that, you know, them two weeks of winter we get down here. You know, it's only two weeks, but I'm looking forward to it because it's been hot, hasn't it? And if you work outside, it's really been hot. You know, get home, your air conditions, you know, wide open and still 80 degrees in the house. And you're like, man, it just need, we need a break. And then it's not raining on top of it. You know, one thing I think we all know is change is inevitable. Change is always going to happen. For each one of us, it's going to happen. Some of us are going to lose our hair. Some of us, hair is going to come in gray. The way we used to look isn't going to be the same, you know, because through time, we all change. We, we change what we do. We change what we like. You know, we come into the world in diapers and we leave in diapers, but there's change all through life. See, most of you never thought about that, right? But you do. You come into the world in diapers and you go and leave in diapers. But through the process, everything changes. Everything in life changes. And some changes could be good. You know, if my Cowboys would actually win a Super Bowl. I mean, even if they could win a playoff game, uh, that could be a good change. But yeah, they got to make it. They got to make it past week one. Or how about you know my Hurricanes finally winning a national title again? I know I hear laughs over here. Another sweet change would have been if Alabama would have lost yesterday. <laughs> Preach it, huh? What about other things? What about a promotion at work? Isn't that a good thing? All of a sudden you get a promotion at work. Maybe you get more money or, or maybe, you know, it's that first day of spring or for us down here, that first cool day of fall. 
And you know, as soon as we get a little cool down here, you know, everyone's going to put on their boots and jackets, and by midday it's going to be 90. And you got to change what you do because change keeps happening each and every day. But see, some changes are painful. What about the loss of a marriage? The loss of a loved one? But what about walking into work and all of a sudden them telling you, sorry, you've been fired? You see, some change is good and some change is bad. But change is always going to happen. It's always going to be moving forward. Some change will bring happiness, some sadness, some will bring joy, some will bring fear into our lives. And one of the things I tell people all the time is, remember, God loves you right where you are. God loves you right where you are. He loves you with the circumstances that you're currently in. But also remember, he loves you enough not to leave you there. He loves you enough to take you out of where you're currently at and get you to a better place. Because he loves you that much. And God works to change each one of us. It's a constant, we're, we're constantly being changed and God changes us so that we can change our world. So that we can change the things around us. Because ultimately the Christian life is one of change. The Christian life is a life of change. And I believe through that, that there's things that God wants us to do. And I think that God wants us to continue to grow in our faith so that we can impact those around us. We need to continue to grow. We need to continue to change so that we can impact the people in our lives. And notice I said in our lives, so the people in your life are different than the people in my life. We should each be able to affect our own world with what we do. So today we're going to take a look at change. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. And as always, um, it will be up here on the screen so you can come along and read right there. So with that being said, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There's an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as loss. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Heavenly Fathers, we dig into your word today, Lord. We just ask that you open up our eyes that we can see what it is you want us to see. Lord, may we not be afraid of change and, and accept what you call us to change into. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So King Solomon, as he's writing the book of Ecclesiastes, he, he's really looking and he, he sees this deep, what the heart of life really is. And we kind of touched it in Ecclesiastes last week, but I, I think it's interesting the way these verses start out. It says, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. Now, as soon as he gets done with this, I don't know how many of you actually noticed it, 
but he actually gives 28 different activities. 28 different activities and their opposites. 14 of them are good things, 14 of them are bad things. So, so you really think about it, you got these 14 different things that are polar opposites of each other. You think about it, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to throw stones, a time to maybe gather stones, a time to search, and a time to count it as a loss. They're total polar opposites of each other, so they almost cancel each other out. So the value is almost zero. Because with every good thing comes something bad, and with every bad thing comes something good. And I think as Solomon's looking at this, he's waking up to the realization that there is time for everything. Everything will run its course. Everything has a time. An Old Testament uh, scholar, Jay Stafford Wright, said this, Manage to take this life day by day from the hand of God realizing that God has a fitting time for each thing to be. You see, in the midst of all this, we need to realize that each moment in our life is given to us by God. And how many times do we actually face that reality and understand that God has given you every moment of your life? Every single moment is given by God, but how many times do we actually think about God throughout our day and through the moments in our life? And as things change, God is there with us through all of it. And unfortunately for us, as we're going through this and we see this God-given life, it's so easy to say, man, I'll do it tomorrow. We'll put off till tomorrow what we should be doing today. And it becomes so easy and so second nature in our life because we want to just put it off, especially if it requires change. Anytime something requires change, we're definitely going to try and put it off or not do it at all until tomorrow, or the next day, or the next year. And instead of doing what God has called us to do, we need to understand we have this choice. We have a choice each and every day with every God-given moment we're given. And that question is, is that change that he's requiring going to bring us closer to him, or is the change that we're going to do take us farther from him? So ultimately, the change in your life, are you going to move closer to him or are you going to move farther away from him? And remember, God wants us to grow so that we can make a difference. He wants us to make a difference in our lives, in our family's lives, our friends' lives, in our jobs, in our culture. In the culture that we live in, God wants to see us make change. He wants to see us move to be a difference. And see, unfortunately, you know, the, the culture of today, man, it's easy to mold people, isn't it? Man, but this is what they're saying is happening. This is what we should be doing. Right is wrong and wrong is right, and, and, and we need to be doing what the culture calls us to do because that's what the celebrities on TV said. And you see, we have all this pressure to conform to what the culture says today. You think about this. Even on social media, you will be shamed if you post or believe something or say something that's indifferent from the immorality that the world's preaching. Think about that. If you say something on social media that goes against the grain of the culture, you're all of a sudden the bad person. Now all of a sudden they're going to ban you from the platform. 
Your account's been locked for 30 days. Your account's been locked for 60 days. I'm waiting for my account to get locked permanently. <laughs> because I'm going to continue to go against what the culture says. And I'm going to preach what, it's, what God calls us to preach. And that's his whole word. And I'm going to speak truth in no matter where I'm at. You even look on TV, TV ads today try and transform you to what we should look like, how we should dress, or what we should do. And it's out there, and it's changing people every single day. And here's a newsflash for you. If you want to do what the culture says and you don't like change, get ready because the culture changes quicker than anything. One day this is the right thing to do. The next day it's the wrong thing to do. So if you don't like change, you definitely don't want to follow the culture because it is going to change in the blink of an eye. We're called to be different. We're called to be different from the world. We're, we're called to live this different life. And, and ultimately, I think that, you know, as a Christ follower, we should build our life on something that doesn't change. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's always going to be the same. Now, it doesn't mean we won't change in the process, but the change is going to be for better instead of worse. And where do we build our foundation? And in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the river rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the wind blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed in a great crash. You want to build your house on the rock or on the sand? If you build your life on the culture today, all you're going to have is anxiety. You're going to have despair. You're going to have disappointment. Everything that you don't want in your life is what you're going to have if you live by the culture. But if you take it and you listen to God's word and you build your foundation on the rock of Jesus and his word, you will continue to stand. You will continue to move forward. And, you know, we need to not be conformed to this world. But, man, it's so easy, isn't it? Isn't it so easy just to fall into the culture? Because it's all around you. That's what everyone sees. But how are we going to impact our world if we're doing exactly what the culture says? So I think in order to impact the world, we need to do something. We need to change. We need to change. And a lot of you may be sitting there squirming and saying, Pastor, don't be talking about change. Man, change is hard. Change hurts. You mean I can't keep doing what I've always done? I ain't leading on to Jesus, but I'm a Christian and I'm going to heaven. Can't I just keep doing what I'm doing? No, we have to change. We have to change in order to impact the culture around us. We need to be able to change and ultimately understand change is just different. Change is just making something different than what it is today. That's all change is. And, and I think if we talk and we act like everybody else, or you talk and you act like you did before you accepted Jesus, are you ever going to convince anyone to follow Jesus? Nope. Because you're going to look and act and sound just like the culture, 
And, there, and then what's going to happen? You're going to start speaking and acting just like them all the time. And you're going to forget all about who Jesus is except for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. We need to change. We need to make a difference. And I think the way we do that is if we want to impact our culture, we've got to change the way we think. We've got to change who we are and what we think and the thoughts that we have and be able to capture what gets into our mind. And in 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, it says this, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which rage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Our home is not here. We're foreigners. We're temporary. Our home's in heaven. Our focus should be on the eternal, not what's in front of us. Our focus should be on Jesus and his word and where we're going to spend eternity. We would get so focused on what's around us. And y'all have heard me say we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Well, guess what? The Joneses have maxed out their credit cards. And you're heading down the same road. The Joneses bought a Tesla, Tesla and now they got to conserve electricity. We get so caught up in the stuff in this world because we got to have more stuff. Oh, we got to have the newest and greatest. Man, I got to have that new iPhone. Come to the dark side. Get that new Galaxy. We got to have it. Man, I got to have a new car because my neighbor just got a new car. I saw a picture yesterday. A friend of mine on Facebook posted they just bought a brand new Chevy pickup truck. Of course, I wasn't excited because I'm a Ford man. But too many people be like, man, I need something new. Because we get caught up. We want to do, do what the world is telling us to do and keep up with other things. But I think we need to change in order to be different. We need to be different than what the world calls us to do and, and understand that we need to change the way that we think. We need to change the way that we think about God. We need to change the way we think about our family, our friends, our jobs, our loved ones. We need to change the way we think about everything. Because unfortunately what happens in our life is as we're going through and we accept Jesus and we get this new life, but our old life is still right there. Man, that old Jew is still going, hey, hey, Ken, we still going to the bar tonight? Hey, Ken, man, don't you just need that one more fix? You know, that old life is still there, and this battle starts. This battle starts between who Jesus wants us to be and who we've been for our whole life. And as this battle's going on, you know, all Satan wants to do is destroy us and kill us. Our old nature only wants to destroy us and kill us and be like we used to be. Jesus calls us to be different. Peter tells us to abstain from the sinful desires. See, way too many people are walking right over to this edge right here. And, and, and here's the sin. And kind of like that old in the car with your brother and sister, I'm not touching you. And you see how close you can get your finger? Well, so many of us do the same thing. We get this close to the sinful nature in our life. And then we start saying, well, is this a sin? 
well, maybe this. And we start looking at this gray area of, well, okay, well, well, I know this right here is a sin, but is this? God's word is black and white. There's not a gray area, and we will try and get as close as we can to that sin without falling to it. We need to change our perspective and get as far away as we can from the sin that was in our old life. We need to push it away, put barriers up, do whatever we need to do, and stay away from it. Because when you're right there on that edge playing on it, one little slip and you fell. One little slip, you're back in that sinful nature. And then you're, oh God, I can't believe I did that again. Well, if you weren't walking a tightrope right next to it, you wouldn't have fell. Take some time. Every one of us knows what triggers our sin. Each one of us knows what our sin is. And guess what? Satan knows what it is too. And if you don't think he's out there prowling to trying to get you to sin at the sin he knows you've got, you're sadly mistaken. Because he is trying to make you live in that sin. Now, for some of us, we live in it every day of the week. We live in the world. We're still a part of the culture. We're doing all this stuff except on Sunday mornings when we come to church. And we're looking exactly like the Pharisees that we talked about the last couple weeks. Jesus said they looked like whitewashed tombs. And you know why? Because they tried to clean the outside and never change that inside. The change has to start from the inside. We've got to change what we think and take our thoughts captive. Because we're going to have thoughts come in. We're going to have impure thoughts. And it's up to us as individuals to have the Holy Spirit guide us to get rid of them thoughts. To kick them out and tell them it's time to go. And you may have to do that twice a day. Some of us may have to do it a hundred times a day. Because each one of us are different. Each one of us are on a different level. And ultimately, if you say, well, Satan's not attacking me, it's probably because you're doing what Satan wants you to do instead of doing what God's called you to do. See, we need to understand we can't control everything that pops into our mind. However, we can control if it remains in our minds. We have that control of allowing it to stay there or kicking it out. So I was, I was talking to someone this week, and, and it's like fishing. You know, we go fishing, we cast it. You cast it out, and what do you do? You reel it back in. Well, some of us are fishing with God. We take them thoughts and we cast them to the Lord, and then what do we do? We reel them back in. Throw the fishing pole in. Give them the whole fishing pole. Let it go. And when them thoughts start coming back into your mind, you need to make that decision. Whoa, God, I gave this to you. This ain't mine. And be bold enough to say it. Because some of us aren't being bold enough to say that we're not controlling what we have to do. Understand, your old nature is going to cause you to fall into sin. Your old nature is going to have you have angry outbursts. Your old nature will have you fight and quarrel over some of the stupidest things. And if you want to see what's happening in the world, that's exactly what's happening. The old nature and our old nature and people's nature are taking over what they're doing, and Satan is having a field day. Inside, outside the church, it's all happening. Your old nature is going to make you put stuff on social media you should never put on social media. 
Your old self is going to have you lie, steal, and cheat. Your old nature is going to cause you to medicate yourself both legally and illegally to try and get through the day. There's a time in your life when you've got to put it down. Take control and start changing what's in your mind in order to change the culture that's around you. Because if we want to impact the culture, we need to change the way we think. And we also need to, if we want to impact the culture, we need to change our behaviors. Pastor, what do you mean change our behaviors? You know, actually be a Christian. Actually act like a Christian. Actually do what God's Word calls us to do. And Peter has said, they will know us by our good deeds. Live among the pagans. And guess what? We live among the pagans today, don't we? We live in a world that you might as well say it's pagan. We live in a world that's going crazy and many of us are getting sucked right back into it. However, if we live among them and they see our good deeds, they will see a difference. We need to be different. People should be able to tell that we're a Christian. If your next door neighbor or your people you work with don't know you're a Christian, you need to start asking yourself, are you living with the world and in the world, or are you being different? Because if you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, they should see you're different than them. And understand, changing our behavior is difficult. It's difficult to change who we are. But remember, true change comes from the inside. It starts from the inside and works its way out. People need to see our heart and see who we are and what we're doing before they believe a single word we ever say. We need to live out being a Christian each and every day. We need to do what we're called to do and be who we're called to be. And ultimately, you think about it, we change our behavior for a couple of reasons. One, we're going to change our behavior because this ain't our home. Our home's in heaven. So why are we worried about what's going on here? The only thing we should worry about here is where we're spending eternity and where our family is going to spend eternity. We need to change because our old nature is going to do nothing but destroy us. We need to change because we need to have a positive influence in the world around us. We need to be the change we want to be. We need to be that change. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our behavior should always lead people to follow Jesus. Think about that. Your behavior should always lead people to follow Jesus. If we act the same way as the culture, 
they're never going to believe in Jesus because we're acting and doing exactly what they do. And each one of us know we live in a culture that definitely needs to change, right? Because it's definitely going in the wrong direction. Like I said earlier, what's right is now wrong and what's wrong is now right. Things that we grew up morally knowing this is not correct is now what they say is correct and what we should do in this world. And understand, being like everyone else isn't going to attract them to Jesus. It's not going to attract them to it. And even think about it, even the early church faced rumors. Because non-believers are going to talk about us. It happened in the early church. They were actually considered to be uh, cannibals because of the Lord's Supper. Think about it. This is the body and blood of Jesus. They were actually labeled as cannibals, and Nero even used the rumors to throw it on the Christians as the reason for Rome to burn, so that the Christians were persecuted like they're the ones who burned Rome. People will take little pieces of things they don't understand about Christianity, and they'll twist it to try and make us look bad. And if you don't think so, just look on a social media post where you ask someone, how can I pray for you today? When I ran them posts on Facebook, how can I pray for you? You should have seen some of the messages I got. You would be looking at them going, what is wrong with these people? I know someone who in a public place asked someone to pray and the girl went off on her just for simply saying, how can I pray for you? People will attack our Christian values just because the culture says we're different and we're against what they stand for. We need to be the change we want to see. The world's never going to understand us. They're never going to understand why you go to church every Sunday. They're never going to understand why you give money to a church. They're never going to understand why you volunteer to, to greet people or be in a parking lot or come up and worship and play instruments. They're never going to understand any of that. Because in their mind, that's not what the church is about. What do you mean? Why do you go every Sunday? Why do you give them? Oh, you know the church is nothing but money. Oh, that's all they want is your money. They don't want nothing else but your money. And I think the best way to change their mind is by us doing our good deeds and doing what God calls us to do. Because ultimately we have to change in order to change the world. We have to change in order to change the world. So when we change our thinking and we change our behavior, we can change the world. Because Lord knows they're going to see us as hypocrites, aren't they? The world, oh, you're a Christian, you're a hypocrite. But when we spend time with the world and they see we're not hypocrites, that can start to change them. They need to understand we're not what everyone else says we are. When they see that a church actually cares for them, they'll say we're not just about the money. When, when, when they see a church helping families adopt babies instead of babies being aborted, they'll understand we're doing it for a moral decision, not for a political one. 
When, when they see that we want to make a change and we go out and, and we, we buy school supplies and we donate them to a local school or we get toys or they see us doing a beach cleanup or they see us doing something out in the community, they realize it's not about us just trying to fill the pews. Because what they do is they see us out there actually loving and caring and listening to them that they see we want to change. And when we stop condemning them for what they're doing and give them love and grace just like we received, we will see a change. There, there's a lady named Carol Everett. She had four abortion clinics in the Dallas area. She was getting ready to open up her fifth abortion clinic and, and she was having struggles in her business and in her life and so she hired a life coach. The life coach happened to be a local pastor. So the local pastor came in, he talked to her about the business side, talked with her uh, about her personal side, and through this conversation and the meetings going on, she gave her life to Jesus. She ended up selling her abortion clinics and now actually speaks publicly against abortions. Now you notice, he didn't go in and bash her for what she thought. He showed her love and he showed her grace. We need to give love and grace to other people. Lord knows Jesus gave it to us. If we received it, why don't we give it? And see, now I think that's part of the problem because we don't give that love and grace, they see us as hypocrites. Because we don't see that love and grace, they think we're judging them. Because they don't see love and grace, they just think we're wrong and they think we're crazy and they don't understand us. We need to change in order to change the culture. Because if we don't change, the culture is going to win. And we're going to have family, friends, sons, daughters that we're not going to see. They're going to get caught up by the culture. They're going to get sucked in. They're going to do what the culture calls them to do. And they're going to spend eternity in hell. We need to change ourselves. We have to change in order to change the culture. We need to break the stigma that's around Christianity. We need to win people's hearts by the good things that we do. By doing what Jesus did for us. Doing what Jesus called us to do. It's okay if people slander our names. Early church was slandered all the time. Now, if you're acting like what they're calling you, then guess what? That's what you're going to be. And that's what they're going to think Christians are. Christians have a bad name because of what Christians before us have come and do, and what some Christians today still do. As I said before, some of us only act like a Christian on Sunday morning. Some of y'all, your next-door neighbors, don't even know you're a Christian. You may be working with someone or going to school with someone who doesn't even know you're a Christian. Understand, the way we think and the way we act will impact the world. We can change the world if we change ourselves. If we change our thinking, if we change the way we live our life, if we actually become that salt and light that he's called us to be, we can make a change.
But you see, some of us are still, well, that's good, Pastor. You know what? I'll do it tomorrow. I know I need to change, but I'll do it tomorrow. I already got plans. It's NFL starts today. Man, I got beer on ice. I got people coming over. I'll do it tomorrow. Or maybe I'll do it next week, but you know what? Maybe I just got to wait till like March or April after football season's over. Because, man, it's hard to change with football season on. Man, you know, major league playoffs are coming up. Oh, and then hockey's going to be here. And then basketball. And we'll make all these excuses. And continue to say, I'll do it tomorrow instead of doing it today. Be the change you want to be in the future. Change the way you think, change the way you act, and simply say, I'm going to be a positive witness to, for Jesus to my friends, to my coworkers, to my family. Remember, the Christian life is one of change. And God wants to see us growing in our faith so that we can impact those around us. We've got to change. We, we've got to make that change in our life. And, and like I said, some of you still may be saying, man, pastor, I don't like change. Well, that's okay. Stop putting off tomorrow what you can do today. If you're here, maybe it's, you know, well, pastor, I've never accepted Jesus. Well, that's where you can start. Whether you're here in this room, whether you're with us for church online or even if you're watching this video later. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day you need to change. And if you're waiting to get your life together saying, well, you know, I just need one more beer. I just need one more shot. I just need this one more fix. I just need to say some more cuss words. That's okay. Christians cuss, we fail. God's word says we all fail and we all fall short of the glory of God. So even as a Christian, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to have it all together. You're still going to be a sinner. The hope is that your sin is less than it was the day before. And that each day becomes less and less as you seek to be more and more like him. And if you're waiting to get it all together, you know, just remember, God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you, even knowing your sins. It says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So don't wait to get it all together because it ain't going to happen. And God's word says, as you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Don't put that off till tomorrow. Do that today. Make that choice today to accept Jesus and start that change in your life. And then for some of you, you may be sitting there going, well, pastor, I still don't like change and I know I got to change. But you ain't going to make me change. That's okay. I don't want to make anyone change. I'll let the Holy Spirit do that. Because if you accept Jesus and you allow the Holy Spirit into your life, He will change you. He will change you. And if you're not feeling change in your life, maybe you've pushed God away. 
Maybe you, hey, I accepted Jesus, you know, 18 years ago, 20 years ago. I accepted Jesus last week, but man, my life don't show it. I'm living this life I shouldn't be living it. And maybe it's just time you got to say, you know what? I need to recommit my life to him. I need to stop doing all these other things I've been doing. And I need to honestly step forward and do today and stop putting it off till tomorrow. If you want to change the culture, you want to change your family, you want to change your friends and your coworkers. They need to see change in you. Be the change you want to see in the world. Because the world's going downhill and downhill fast. And there are consequences for everything in this world. Our job is to fill heaven. Our job is to tell people about our Jesus. It's up to them to accept or not. We need to plant the seed. We need to be the salt. We need to be the light in this world. Tell people about your Jesus this week. And stop putting it off till tomorrow. Do it today. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And Lord, I'm guilty of putting things off till tomorrow. Lord, it's so easy to say I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll get the oil changed tomorrow. Oh, I'll do this tomorrow. I really don't feel like cutting the grass. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, Lord, I know you want me to talk to this person about you, but, you know, I'm kind of busy today. I'll do it tomorrow. Lord, I ask that you take that phrase, I'll do it tomorrow, out of our vocabulary. Lord, take it away so that we do everything in the present. That, Lord, you call us to do something, we immediately do it. That we're obedient to you and we go and seek to change the culture. We seek to change our families. We seek to change our friends. And we become that salt and light that you've told us to be, Lord, and and abstain from doing what the world calls us to do. Lord, if we want to see change, we've got to be the change. So, Lord, I ask that you empower everyone within the sound of my voice to be the change this week. And take that phrase, I'll do it tomorrow, out of our vocabularies and make us be doers of what you call us to do. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give. Um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church. And especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com. And on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. 
click on there and at the bottom of there there's some links and some good information for you and just wanted to say welcome to the family